We're going to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Geek in the City Radio comes to you free every week with helps from sponsors, with helps, with helps from sponsors like Bridge City Comics. Find them at 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. You still have, I believe, basically like a day and a half to uh, get that get that comic book fan or friend. No, yeah, comic book friend. Comic book fan friend. <laughs> a, a gift in time for Christmas. They do have limited holiday hours, but they will be open today, Thursday the 23rd, uh, from 11 to 7, but on Christmas Eve, only 11 to 5, and then, of course, they will be closed on December 25th. If you're not sure what kind of comics your friends or family are into, you can always get a gift certificate to Bridge City Comics. That way you know that the person you care about is going to get exactly what they want. So please, Check them out, Bridge City Comics, or also find them on bridgecitycomics.com. And when you go in there, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. Just like Guardian Games. Uh, yeah, because, you know, like once again, just like the comic book shop, you know, if you've got a gamer friend that, you know, or a family member, I mean, I feel like if you have a gamer friend, you know what games they're into, but maybe, you know, you've got, you know, family or nieces and nephews, you know they're into, into games, but you're not sure which ones. Um... You know, go to Guardian Games. They'll help you narrow it down by figuring out what your, you know, what your friend or family member is into, and they'll help you narrow it down. Uh, although, of course, you can also get a gift certificate to Guardian Games. Uh, that's one way to guarantee that you will never, ever miss, uh, yeah, miss getting what they want. Um, they are going to be closing early on Friday, and they will be closed all day Saturday. But when you are in there, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. Uh, it surprised me. Why, hello, and welcome to issue 627 of Geek in the City Radio. Uh, I am your wild-haired co-host, Aaron Duran. And I'm your other other host, Cable Hashtani. I always so like to every, leave space for Bean. I know. What's funny is every time you do this, when I go to edit, you know, because I always look at to make sure the audio sounds good and whatnot, it never fails. Even I am tricked by that pause. I'm like, what the fuck is going wrong? <laughs> Every damn time, man. Every nice. time. Yes, good. Uh, yeah, my, my fiendish plans are working. So yes, well done. Thank you. I don't even know what the fiendish plan that would be. Fiendish plans. Mm-hmm. I was like, how come Twitch isn't working where I can tell what's going on? It's like, oh, because I didn't. Probably... I didn't log in myself. Oops. Oops. But it should Oops. be broadcasting. Uh, so as you can tell, Denise is gone. Got rid of yes. her. Yes, I, I can tell. Gone forever. No. No, she's not gone forever. She's not gone forever, no. So, yes, she's she's good. That's good. She's uh, on an away mission. That is true. She is on an away mission in Arizona. Which sounds like Transylvania, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like she'll be gone yeah. two weeks. She'll be gone two weeks. Mm-hmm. You have to put up with just the two of us for just two weeks. Just the two of us. We are so easy to distract. Just the two, <laughs> two of us. Finland, <laughs> Finland. <laughs> Shiny. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Oh, God damn it, Kevin. So if you join us in the live chat, which you can on any of the sites where we stream, 
It is in the past tense, so she has the bean arita. Oh god. You know what sucks is that one's gonna stick in my head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he, he doesn't land every shot, but when he does. Yeah, when he does, man, mm-hmm. it's um yeah, it's a solid shot. He's definitely a uh the the, sh- the shots he miss are the shots not taken. Kinda kinda com- right. comedian. Yeah. Which sometimes is great and sometimes it, it like if it's an everyday thing, it's like, oh good god, it's just just fucking stop. <laughs> Driving me mad. Once a week is great. It's funny. <laughs> uh so yeah. She'll be gone this week and next week, so we'll mm-hmm. see what's going on there. Uh, that means yeah, you this... and I have to come up with content? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this week, I think Cable and I are going to try to do a little dive into the Coyote and Crow RPG, mm-hmm. which fulfilled the PDF version of their Kickstarter. Correct. Um, if... If you've been listening to the show for a while, you'll remember uh, Connor Alexander was a guest on the show, and it, he was the kind of the person behind the Coyote and Crow RPG, which is a indigenous-led and indigenous-created uh, uh, RPG that's set in a universe version of Earth in the future, where a celestial catastrophe occurred like 700 years ago and then changed the timeline to where that the Americas were never colonized by Europeans. Right. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, basically, it, what is it? Um, yeah. A, a huge asteroid smacked mm-hmm. into earth and it created an event called the Awis that plunged North American societies into a centuries long dark age. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, this game got kickstarted and they raised over a million. Is that right? Yeah, they did huge, huge and numbers. Like it was pretty much a, one of those kickstarters where they were like, we want to do this much. If we're successful, we'll do this and then we'll do this. And then they were more successful than they ever planned expected to be. Yeah. Uh, we managed to get the interview because we, Asked you reached out to them before this had happened before they launched actually I yeah think. and they were like yeah sure that'll be great we'd love to get publicity and by the time that he had interviewed with us he was like I can't do any more interviews at all like, yeah he was refusing interviews yeah um one of the great perks I mean I backed it at this level because I really wanted to. One of the one of the levels, if you back to that, um, you the backer got your hard copy, and then another hard copy was donated to, um, like a, a tribal or indigenous library or mm-hmm. school. Um, it, like it didn't have to be in your name; they just they would just donate it. Um, and since a lot of the well, the now they just so far only two, uh, Grizzadale novels actually pull a lot from. The uh, the Maidu and a little bit of the Paiute tribe in that area where I grew up, um, I really wanted to, in a way, kind of like give back and have my other copy go to, um, go to the, there's a, there was, I hope it's still there, there is a tribal library connected to the school mm-hmm. um, on the, on the reservation there. That's, 
that's in Susanville, which is another interesting thing. One can only hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. There. Um, but yeah, the if if you uh, if you're a listener that backed the Kickstarter, you probably already know this. Um, if you're someone who's just been waiting for it to hit retail, it's going to be a little longer than they expected. They sent yeah. out a, they sent out a recent um, update via Kickstarter where the printer that they were going to go with um, essentially lied to them. They they were yeah. quoted 12 to 13 weeks, and that put them at about an April print date. Mm-hmm. And right before they were going to print, the printer basically said, yeah, no, that, that wasn't accurate. It's actually going to be this long. And this long was eight to nine months. Eight to nine months. Um, um, which was nearly a year from their original projected date, was, which was January. If the Kickstarter only funded to the amount that they had originally asked for, it would have, it would have been out this January. Right. But. Yeah, it did because ma- it does massive numbers, and that's just one of the things that happens. Having done a few Kickstarters myself and have helped out, like it's sometimes it's it's the burden of being massively successful is that it just it ups the production of everything and like mm-hmm. a printing place you maybe were gonna go to just they're like we don't do orders that big like we can't do it so you have to find other options and stuff. Um. And also to their credit, they're also since so much uh, Coyote and Crow is also based in land stewardship and protecting the environment and living as peacefully with nature as you can. Um, they really wanted to make a point of the book itself having the smallest environmental impact it can have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's that. That's also impacting them. And I think that's good that they're trying to do that. Um, Cable and I have a little bit of knowledge when it comes to publishing and um, it's really hard to find affordable printing in the United States mm-hmm. or even in Canada or Mexico. It's very hard. Um, yeah, because they all just outsource to low paid factories in China. And even then you can try hard to find a really good ethical printer, but you're still it's still a crapshoot because that company could be lying to you. Yes. They, they could. Um, I will give a shout out to Brown Printing in Portland. Nice. They have been, I haven't worked with them recently, but they were our go-to for Stumptown back in the day. And they oh, were right. as environmentally friendly as they could be. They charged a fair price, um, which meant that they charged a price that was fair to the consumer and made sure their bills were paid, which right. I'm totally fine. Stuff is printing is expensive when you have it done in America because they charge you what it should cost. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing that's hard to get people to wrap their heads around. It's like, well, I can get it cheaper here. It's like, yes, because those companies aren't paying their employees wages. They should be <laughs> right. And, you know, they were pretty forthcoming, too, that, like, when this book is at retail, they wanted it at 50. It's going to mm-hmm. be 60. Um, and, again, for people like Cable and I that have, you know, role-playing games our whole lives and work in a game store, a $60 
cover price for a book that's probably going to clock in at like 450 to 470 pages. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually 70 because they've moved to right. a, yeah. yeah, they had to move to another printer and it did raise the price on the book for retail. It's not raising the, like if you backed it on the Kickstarter, you're still getting it at the price that you paid for. Mm-hmm. The only thing you're paying for is shipping. Um, yeah. They, they 100%, they're like, we, we have to raise it to 70. And it's like, that's still, for what you're getting in a book, uh, yeah. $70 is for reasonable. A, a, yeah, for a book that big, that isn't, that isn't at the top range of books that big. Yep. Um, and considering it's a full game by itself, it's essentially a player's handbook, a DMG, and a monster manual in one book. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can get all three of those for seventy bucks, um, good then luck. you're you're currently buying it on Amazon. Yeah, and and screw you. Mm-hmm. Um, buy it at Guardian. They have the coolest D and D display right now. I know oh, it's basically nice. still just your shelves. They just look so pretty when I walk in, with Tiamat staring at me and saying, "Buy me." We do try. We like uh, merchandising. The store has been a, a big push uh, for. Uh, our team and they've been stepping up their game all season yeah. long. Uh, yeah, it looks I, great. I'm really proud of the people that I work with. They're and I haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The good news from the all. Well, there's a few other things I want to bring up. So yeah. And I don't want this to spiral down into a conversation about what is the blockchain and NFTs and crypto because, A, oh yeah, my gut reaction is it's bad. Uh, but I have fully admitted that I'm relatively ignorant as to the, the concept. What I'm not ignorant of is the environmental damage that that does. Mm-hmm. That Bitcoin mining and creation of NFTs are incredibly damaging to the environment. And maybe one day we can create a power source that isn't or utilize a power source that isn't, and then, fine, go ahead. I still think you're a rube for buying any T- NFTs or anything, because that's just feels like a scam. And it's even been proven that it's like, it's literally being used for money laundering for, you know, the 1%, as they always do. Um, but what that means is that anything that the group behind Coyote and Crow, Coyote and Crow have planned uh, is not going to be with Kickstarter. Mm-mm. Um they've decided they will no longer pursue any work with them. Um, so they have future games planned, but it's not, or future expansions planned, but uh, they will not be with Quickstarter. Jeez, oh, Kickstarter. So, um, yeah. They'll be looking for other things. Digital Beanie Babies? <laughs> I've heard that called a few times, that that it's that. It's the Digital Beanie Baby. I don't want to poo-poo cryptocurrency because I don't understand it and I haven't looked into it. Um, I just NFTs yeah NFTs are ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually uh, I've read a bit more about crypto and we'll get back to the show. Uh, I've read a bit more about cryptocurrency and in fact a really good podcast listen to which I recommend anyway is Behind the Bastards. And they did a two episode breakdown of basically like what led to NFTs and cryptocurrency. And the concept, the initial kind of like mental exercise behind cryptocurrency, which is how these things always start, not as like there's like, you know, it's a nerd sitting in an office being like, what if 
the concept being decentralized money. Take the money mm-hmm. away from countries, away from banks, and it's it's straight up person to person, person to business exchange. It's a level playing field. All great on paper, and I could totally see the appeal. But then you know, capitalism is going to do what it do, and it did, and it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Long story short, they'll be looking for a different way to do crowdfunding in the future. Um, the Which good news is they, they are they are back on track for a March a March release date for the physical book. May. They said May. Uh, well, they, well, I'm just looking at analysis. They estimate they can ship books with their faculty by March 11th. Well, from their faculty, right? Right. So, like, it should be in people's mailboxes by April and in retail outlets by yeah. May. To be realistic. And yeah, that's true. Because supply chain issues are still a thing. There's still a um, a Trump-appointed fucktard in charge of the Postal Service who's trying to destabilize it. Although and he is getting more and more pushed out. It is it, getting closer. It is December 2021. Why hasn't he already been removed? Because unfortunately, it's one of those things that the president actually doesn't have any control over. He, except he does, he could have appointed more people to the council that would have fired him. Oh, I, 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 I have zero defenses for. Oh no, I, Biden. Like, I'm angry as fuck. I just I know a few <laughs> folks that like work in postal, and I've asked them like, sure. why isn't it happening? And they're like, it's way more complicated. That I understand. It sounds. I, I know it takes the the postal council in order to get him out of there, but and the president can't do it directly, but he can appoint people who could have done something. Right. So. Yeah. I, I didn't expect it to happen overnight. I would have expected it to happen within inside of six months. Oh, I didn't, but I have. You know. Fair. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's got to cancel student debt first, remember? <sighs> Fuck. And close Guantanamo. And not keep kids in... Mm-hmm. Not cages. They're cages. No, no, no. They built they're really cages. tiny mobile homes around the they're, cages now. They're cages. They're cages. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, now he just can't get fucking past Joe Manchin, so. Any- anyway, let's get back anyway. to the book. <laughs> this is what. This is one of the appealing things about Coyote and Crow's world is that it shows us what a non colonized North America looks like. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to say, having read a bit of the book and even interviewing when we interviewed him. That doesn't mean that it's like a fucking paradise. It's like Mm-mm. it's still humans with ambitions and power struggles. And they still had wars. They still had wars. They mm-hmm. still have poverty on some places. There are some, you know, nations that are not doing as well as others. Um, there are some that are like way more aggro than the others. Like mm-hmm. the their version of basically the Aztec Empire are like when I first read it, I was like, oh man, really? Like the indigenous Mexicans still got to be the bad guy, which they kind of are from my initial reading, but they're more like from what I've read, 
I haven't dubbed enough into it, but that area of the globe, which isn't touched on a whole lot. It's very much just North America. To to be fair to both Aaron and I, we have been trying to read this book. Uh, I am currently, where am I at? I'm around, I'm 50 pages in, and this book is 484 pages. Yeah. Um, it is massive. And... Yeah. I've been thinking about this, and I think one of the things that causes a slower read to this is not just because the the subject matter is dense, Mm -hmm. but because there is something else going on, and that is the decolonization of my own thoughts in order to read and understand what I'm reading. Right. And that that also takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, mental effort. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Like that, no, which is great. I, I think and, that in and of itself is a reason to buy this mm-hmm. when you can and read it. Because if you are like, if you are politically minded or um, like if land back is one of those um, movements that you're behind, read this. Like it will speak to oh, yeah. you yeah. and really help you kind of understand what's going on which is what all great fiction does is yeah give you answers to real world real world problems right so yeah the when i, I kind of read a little bit about the the because i you know me being me i was like oh i want because i was always like i want to know what they did with like the aztec empire and stuff mm-hmm. and they're, they're kind of like like they're like the baddies over there of like just don't fucking poke the bear mm-hmm uh, and I think from what I've read, if I, and I'm going to reread it again to get it right, is that essentially they are the one uh, indigenous group that was not completely um, uh, avoided by some form of an attempt of conquest or, or colonization. Interesting. And it may, and they have only recently thrown off all of that, and it has made them very aggro and very like, you looking at me? You <laughs> fucking say something to me? Chapow! You know, that's kind of their attitude. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but yeah, it's very much like, no, 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 we, this is never happening again. You know, it's by any means necessary. This shit will never happen again. Right. And if it means we have to move into your land and kick some ass just to let you know, okay, which isn't a good answer, but you kind of get it. Yeah. Um, but speaking to like the colonization, you know, decolonizing your thoughts when you read it, this book also goes out of its way to tell you. You essentially you can be white and play this game. Mm-hmm. In fact, we encourage it. Um, if you are uncomfortable with certain aspects of you playing this type of character, they're like, just don't play those aspects. Like, just don't do it. You know, if if you're not comfortable taking on a more spiritual character because it's so very much connected to various indigenous thoughts and and practices, we're like, just don't do it. You know. It does uh, do well to explain things like, like this is a world where Native American and indigenous are not terms that we use for any of this because they just go by the name of their tribe because that's who they are. Right. It's like there was no reason to set them apart as other. Like, oh, oh, okay. That's pretty heady. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do, I do appreciate that segment. I, like, it is predominantly for, it's like, if you are white, please, please read and abide by this. But that also follows suit for, 
anyone who's reading this book that is not a native. Right. Like it, it definitely speaks to me as half a white person and half a Japanese person. It's like, I don't have connections to either of these. Right. Um, I did skim around. There are, there are sections where they talk about like, what about the rest of the world? Mm -hmm. And they do talk about how um, they know about like, you know, their tribal brothers and sisters that, you know, sail the oceans. And they talk about like, there has been some contact with areas that would be Japan or China or Korea or Africa. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the tribes that are on the far eastern seaboard of North America have been like, you know, a, a few of them have like attempted to get to Europe to see like what's going on over there. Interesting. And I'm trying to remember, I think in the book, it's like very few come back and they're like, mm, mm. <laughs> um, I don't think in terms of like, oh, they're all dicks, but in terms of like, oh, they got it worse kind of thing. Is I feel like that's what's implied. Hmm. So, um, mechanically, it's uh, like I said, I haven't done a deep dive in it. It's a D twelve based system, which I think you, Cable, you and I were talking about before the show. There aren't many of those. No, I I was trying to remember. I I feel like I've read one before, but it, like. I, I can't put my finger on which system it was that, or yeah, which game it was. Um, it's specifically 12 D12s. Uh, and I think it's significant that it, you're, if you, you can either use their app, their dice app, which they have, mm -hmm. um, wait for their specific set of dice to come out, which they also have planned. Right. Uh, or for now, you can go pick up single D12s, but it says to pick up basically nine of one color and three of another color. It says nine white or and three black, but I would imagine that you could do nine purple and three orange. Sure. Or, you know, yeah. As long um, as it's um, set up that way. Yeah. the What little I've explored with the rules in the system, it's kind of given me um, a Shadowrun vibe. Interesting. Like some of the crunch of Shadowrun, but story driven, pulling from what is it? Um, what is it? the Apocalypse one? Powered by the system. Apocalypse. Powered by the Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Which is much more narrative and story driven. Yeah, that's um, the yeah, that's the one that we're um, we do with uh, Usagi or Jimbo. That's a powered by the apocalypse. Okay, yeah, and it's very story driven. Yeah, um, I think the most crunch in this game, from what I've read, is in character creation, mm -hmm. which interesting I, I get because that allows for more story driven narrative because so much work is put into character creation, and I might it seem like it's tedious. Um, it's just that character creation requires a bit more thought than like. You know, not to knock D&D. &D. I love fucking D&D, &D, but it's got... You don't have to put a whole lot of thought into your initial character when you make D&D. Now, they can grow, but in Coyote sure. and Crow, you're, you are asked to, like, you know, really think about this. What's your connection to the character? What is their connection to the world, their past, um, you know, how they see the world now? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it now. 
and it's yep that's a that's very crunchy yeah but then it stops being that way like the game itself does not feel crunchy hmm. um yeah kevin savage world they have a one without d20s there's is a sliding scale of dice depending on the skills Normas, what game mechanic do you feel will hook people on this game? In, in all honesty, I haven't read it enough to say that. I am hooked by the world. I don't. I'm also someone who doesn't really get hooked by mechanics. Um, like, like if I were, if I were trying to sell this to me, uh, I would definitely focus on the fact that it is heavily story based. Yeah, because I tend to be. If I if I have to game master something, I would much rather let it depend on story and less on what you've rolled. Yeah, like rolling dice is great for making a final decision to do this or do that. But I like the narrative to to lead and let people play the way they're going to play. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Norm, I'm not sure. Um, what mechanic would hook people for me, it would be the world. Um, and even if I didn't have a, you know, in Mexican ties or whatever, I, I, I've always been interested in different worlds and storytelling, telling, telling anyway. So any kind of well-made game that is not Eurocentric, I'm always going to want to, I'm going to at least want to read it. Sure. Um, like there's another one coming out next year, um, into the motherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, which is all it's it's very similar to this but it's all like if africa was not colonized what had happened is the concept on that one um that that's gonna be a thing yeah i mean shoot even even within european stories i'd like ones that have not been you want to give me like a fantasy rpg based on you know, the, the deep northern, like, Russia and, and like, northern Nordic countries. Like, the old, like, folktale stuff. That's mm-hmm. completely different than... I don't know. Not to knock it, but almost every fantasy RPG just kind of became Tolkien. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's fine. Whatever. But, like, that that's kind of where they all... I think it's only been the last decade that fantasy game designers have been like, okay, let's put elves and orcs away for a little while. Mm-hmm. What else can we do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the draws of, there's a an RPG called Vassen that's been doing pretty well. I've seen ads for like a Kickstarter of it, but I think I saw it in Guardian yesterday. It, the original is on the shelves. Uh, what's being Kickstarted is the first expansion book that oh, okay. delves into um, British... And Celtic mythos, or Vassen is Nordic, I think. Right. Yeah, and it can definitely be done, because I'm thinking of, uh, was it Morkborg? Morkborg! Morkborg, oh my god. That's just a horribly depressing but awesome, like, death metal. Like, if you played the game Darkest Dungeons or Bloodborne, and you thought, this is fun... But it's not bleak enough. <laughs> Boy, do I have an RPG for you. I need I need I need something I, I need a, a very, you know Nordic bleakness to go yeah. along it, it with my RPGs. That's that's what that is. Yeah. That uh yeah. 
bleak pragmatism. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you ought to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, by the way, it's a very fun game. Mark, At Mark. least it looks like it. I haven't played it yet. Like many things, it's one of the many RPGs I own that I may never get to play. Um, I know that... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get some feedback. I know that some of the staff all went on a binge and they all bought a copy of the book so that they can all sit down and, and play it. I don't know that they have done that yet. So. Yeah. That's why I always try to convince a lot of my friends, like, you would be a really good game master. You should try this game out so that I can play more. Yep. <laughs> I, I promise, I promise publicly in front of everyone, I am going to get my shit back together and get us back into the Usagi game. Oh, I didn't mean it for that reason. No, I, I know, but I'm also promising to all of these people that I'm going to get that done. Oh, that's right. Because, I, I mean, you guys did really well, but I've left you in that city, and we, we need to follow up. And you should know, the one character you don't want to leave alone in the city is mine. Or yeah, maybe you, you do. I do. I do really want to leave your character. Like, yeah, I don't have you, I don't have your group planning on leaving the city immediately. Oh, good. Because there are things, there's adventures to be had just within the, the town of Nara. Jobs to be run, scams mm-hmm. to be ran, pipes to be smoked. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if I told you what I was going to give you. I don't think so. Okay. Oh, oh, <laughs> damn. Yep. Yeah, I even went out and bought like one of those iron pipes just to use it you during did. the game. <laughs> I did. By the way, they're very hard to smoke out of unless I'm assuming it's opium because it's a tiny bowl. So you need stuff that burns really slow. Hmm. Yeah, that's probably designed for yeah other things that aren't tobacco. Yeah, and also I only paid like twelve dollars for it, mm. so who knows what kind of metal it's actually made out of? So I'm actually not going to like smoke anything through it. That's probably but it's a good, a good idea. prop to have. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, to go back to Norm's question, I, I don't think it's a mechanic, but it is a feature of the game. The uh, Aranadi. Which is essentially the superpowers feature mm-hmm. of the game. That they're referred to as the gifts that that come from the um, meteors, right? Uh, so I, I think that's one of the the features of um, Coyote and Crow that sets it apart and gives it. It's like yes, you can play all of these characters and do this, which is. You know, there are archetypes for everything in RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the, and here's this. It's like, okay, that's where you differ from, or that that's your thing that makes you different from just every other RPG that's out there. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, along with the setting. The setting definitely sets them apart. It really does. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin asked about the artwork. The artwork's great. Uh, one of the things that slowed this down initially is they were adamant in getting only native artists mm-hmm. and which meant they were getting a lot of artists, um, which means you're dealing with a lot of artists and yep. your, your ethnicity matters not when you're dealing with a lot of artists, you're going to get a handful that are 
Almost finished, I promise. Yep. Yeah. There are... It, like, I'm just paging through. Um, there is at least... I feel like I've looked at um, at least a dozen different artists so far. There are three of them that repeat. And I think theirs are the... They're the strongest artwork, and it's also kind of. Connor knows that and has been using that specifically to kind of uh, give everyone a real feel of what this world looks like. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, but overall, they're all the pieces are really gorgeous. Right. The thing I want to add too, and because I don't think we've touched on this. Uh, this is not like a at all like bronze or even industrial age. Like they got robots and shit. Oh yeah, this is yeah. set like it still feels like it's set like uh, fifty to a hundred years from now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, very like much so. It, it's like twenty. Our version of twenty one ten. Um, which they don't use that calendar at all. It's no before the cataclysm and after the cataclysm. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. And there it's 700 years after the cataclysm. And I think that that happened in the 1400s or something. I I think it's technically meant to be before Columbus. Mm, Okay. I think, yeah, that was an intentional choice. That fucking guy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But it is it is pretty cool. It is very fun. Um, I do want to spend more time because I would, yeah, I would definitely uh, like to spend more time diving into it and running a game or two. So. I, yeah. I almost, I almost very nearly regret not backing this at a level that I would have ended up with a physical book. Oh, it, right. I, I backed it so that I could get the PDF, um, largely because I wanted to contribute to it. Um, it's like I had planned on it anyway, but after talking with Connor, it's like, no, I, I definitely need to back this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also, I don't need a physical book. Where am I going to put it on my bookshelf? It, like, I'm not going to be running a game, but I do want to be able to read this. And the more I've read it, it's like, Fuck, I should have got the book. Yeah. Especially for the like the map in the middle that uh, or not at the middle, but at, at the front end where it's explaining that city, it's like I want to be able to look at this map. I want I, a physical copy of this map. It is pretty damn gorgeous. Um at your level, did you get the PDFs of the recipe cards? No, I did not. Okay. That must have been at the print level. Probably. So they worked with, um, I think it's a couple of different um, indigenous American chefs. Mm. So, yeah, there's recipe cards on a separate PDF. Um, Roasted squash dip, juniper crusted salmon skewers with carrots, bison meatballs, um, black walnut and maple snow candy. So I'm going to be trying to make all of these things. It looks delicious. Sounds good. Yeah, that that definitely sounds in your wheelhouse. 
I mean, I can say it here because it's not 100%, so I'm not promising it's going to happen. But the odds are pretty good that every issue of Season of the Bruja is going to have a recipe in it because food also plays high heavy in the show, in the show, <laughs> in the comic. So yes. uh, I know at least for a fact they will show up in the trades. He says, yes. probably now committing Oni to something we weren't ready for. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> it can it's be fine. committed. Yeah. It's two extra pages. Come on. Come on, son. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, they expect back matter, right? I hope so, because I love back matter. Like readers expect it. It's definitely become a thing that readers do expect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure like how much more we can go into it. Because, again, like I haven't read as much as I probably should have going into this episode. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm not trying to let us off the hook. But I do want to reiterate, this is a massive book. And it is more than just reading a book. Right. It's reading rule sets. It's it is both uh, creative writing that you're. It's fiction that you're reading, and you're also reading a technical manual. So it's those yeah. two things overlapping, plus the decolonization of your own thoughts. Right, and that's that is a lot. I I'm sure that 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 thought crossed uh, Connor's mind when putting this together that that was going to happen. And I'm sure he hoped it would happen with readers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to happen when you read this book. Yeah. So read it, buy it, read it. If you have the PDF, take your time. Don't, don't rush this. Just read it, read mm-hmm. it at your own pace so that you have a better understanding of it. I'm, I'm going to spend the next few weeks reading through it. <clears throat> yeah, Definitely. And me just sounding like an old man, PDFs are just harder for me to read. I get that. Yeah, they just like, are. Um, the the only part that I'm struggling with in this PDF format is the map. And trying to go back and forth between that page and, and where it's talking about, this is in this part of the city and this is this part of the city. It's like, yeah. nope, uh, I, I, need, I need a physical map when I'm doing things like right. that. Right, yeah. Powers do look super cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. They really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it, the book starts off with a fable. Yeah, and there's quite a few of them in here. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty cool. Oof. But yes, uh, again, if you didn't get back it in the Kickstarter, place an order with your local friendly local comic or friendly local comic shop, friendly local game store. I mean, you could probably order through I a mean, comic book shop too. I some don't know. some towns, some cities only have uh, like a comic book shop. They may not have a game store. It's true, and most of your comic book shops that don't have game stores will carry games. Order it from wherever you buy games in your local, in your area. Yes, and, and hopefully that doesn't mean. Hopefully that's not Amazon. But I also I, know that unfortunately, <laughs> some places that's. And that's where the model of Amazon is supposed to work. Like if you live in a rural area that there are no physical stores to get this stuff through, fine. Buy it online. That's what online purchasing is for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think, you know, growing up, if I'd had Amazon, I I was lucky in that I had a bookstore where 
she had a tiny, tiny little RPG section, and she would just let us flip through the catalog and just order random crap for us. I, I'm amused that that you were friends with your local bookstore and probably comic store and record store the same way that I was. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have a record store, and we had a comic book store for like a year and a half, and they couldn't stay open. Uh, I had to go an hour to Boise for a local comic book store. Uh, we did have a record store and our bookstore, and there were people at both of those places that I would walk in. They're like, oh, you, here. Uh huh. <laughs> What's this? Just buy it, take it home, and listen to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess we did have a record slash stereo store for a little while called Iron Butterfly. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. What the hell was uh, ours called? I'm sure I'll remember by the end of the I show. Iron Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Coyote and Crow. Get it. Get it. Um, and you know what? If you end up buying Coyote and Crow, God, my mouth no happy with me today. <laughs> if you end up buying Coyote and Crow... And you find yourself thinking, I have accumulated a lot of more role-playing game books. Where to put them? You can go to Asylum. 3713 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, across the street from the historic Baghdad Theater. That's right. And I <laughs> right now they have, they're going through their holiday hours. So they're basically open every day from at least opening at noon, sometimes earlier, to at least for likely later. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they once January you... comes, they're going to go back to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They they just want you to come in and get Christmas gifts that you will give, and people will go, oh, my God, where did you find this? Yeah, PDX like this, this vertical bookcase. I have always loved this kind of thing with bookcases. Um, is that on their Instagram? It is. It's basically the equivalent of, like, the 90 CD towers, but for books. Hmm. Uh, but I think it's pretty righteous and badass. So I may end up getting one of those because they fit better in my office than what I've got right now. Which will allow me to fill up the bookshelves that I remove and put on the vertical one with more. <laughs> I mean, really, bookshelves are just reasons for me to get more books. Like, that's yeah, that's, why, that's, yeah. that's what they're for. That's what they mm-hmm. do. Oh, right. That bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. Talking about. that was pretty great. Um, they have in more of these, so I have a little spinny globe that's Mars. Yeah. And actually a listener bought it for me long time ago now. So they're weird. They have a little solar motor inside that you can't see, but it makes the globe spin in its own like liquid, hmm. but it's always pointing up because it's also got a balance in it. So if you roll the sphere, the planet always technically faces North because it's facing up or whatever, because it's a map. Uh, they have one now of uh, the constellations of the Milky Way, and that one looks pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah, they have all kinds of really fun stuff, especially for this time of year. Um, oh, wow. Hand-carved wood sculptures. One of them's a lizard. Nice. I like saying lizard. Um, lizard. And, uh, and my couch that I bought from them, trying to finally be an adult, will show up Later this week. So you will probably hear a review about that couch. (laughs) I have a challenge for our listeners. Uh, Instagram.com backslash PDX underscore asylum. They are currently sitting at 290 followers. We can do better than that. 
Let's do it. When I check this next week, I want to see that at 390 followers. Oh, damn. You can do it. Do not prove me wrong, internet. Do not anger Cable. <laughs> Trust me. You don't want to see him angry. Yeah, that that's me, Bruce Banner, and uh, yeah. uh, Jennifer Walters. also i'm a little disappointed that no one caught they're all coming up with what iron butterfly is that's that's from the simpsons in the garden of eden by iron butterfly (laughs) and i don't even i could count the number of simpsons episodes i know by i know really well like on both hands so (laughs) i'm not even like the biggest simpsons fan even i knew that one Huh. Yeah. So anyway. there you go. PDX uh, Asylum. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> I am really punchy today. That's fine. You but you are also very festive. Like I do feel underdressed. I'm glad that you're wearing a, a Christmas sweater. Almost made me want to go get put on my own, and then I'm like, I don't know where it is. I don't want to frantically search the house for a sweatshirt I'm going to wear for an hour and a half. I take mine out around uh, November 28th. Like Jen mm-hmm. and I actually have a box that says Christmas clothing. So the other one I have is a Christmas mind flayer sweater <laughs> that looks amazing, but That's it's so good. uncomfortable. Oh. It's that horrible polyester. Like they pitch it as a sweater. Like this oh. is a this is a, this is a sweater. Yeah, that's a sweater. Yeah, this one it looks like one, like, but it's clearly it's a printed polyester, and it is so gross and itchy, and you sweat oh, in it so badly. One of the yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, no. no. Uh, so I, I always wear a, I always wear a long sleeve shirt under it, like a really thin long sleeve shirt. Sure, because it's like. <laughs> the worst no i I get that that that, it's almost more like a sweatshirt than it is a sweater yeah but like a really uncomfortable one like if Mm -hmm. it was made of cotton it wouldn't be a big deal sure it's not it is uncomfortable Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) oh do you heard that this is a bottle opener i see aaron duran now with more sound effects Wow, wow, um, wow, 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 wow. So I I think we've got a little time. Um yeah. there's there's another thing that I that we wanted to talk about this evening, and that is the second half of Masters of the Universe Revelations. Heck yeah. Which you power loaded pretty much when it came out, and I finally watched last weekend. I didn't went, mean to. Like I had woken up and like got my coffee. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I was like, oh well, you know. I was like, oh, you know what? The new Masters dropped. I'll watch an episode and then start my day. But then I realized I didn't have a whole lot to do today. And I was like, well, fuck it. There's only five or six episodes. So it, it, it's five episodes. It's like, yeah. well, that's that's two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this will have spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet. It, it, if you haven't seen it yet, it's been out for a month. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and it's two and a half hours. So Right. And also... Not to disparage the writing, because I quite enjoyed it. In the end, it's still Masters of the Universe. It's not mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Like, even the, quote, twist at the end with Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Like, I called that shit around episode three. I was like, oh, that's that's Hordak. Yeah. 
Yeah. Plus, everyone forgets that Hordak is Skeletor's boss. Yeah, I don't forget that. I like. I remember when I first learned that as a kid and went, "Wait, what?" Yeah. It's like so. That's why Shira's bad guy is in charge of He Man's bad guy. Yeah, that's yeah. why Shira arguably had the tougher foe because on her planet, the good folks had already lost. They were a rebellion. Mm-hmm. And Hordak was like, all right, send Skeletor to this other planet. Basically. A planet that is the source of all magic in the universe. Apparently. Yeah. Um, so if you remember us talking about the first first half, the I, I believe you and I definitely found it a lot more emotionally charged than ex- we were expecting it to be. And uh, I... Yeah, I didn't expect to cry twice from fucking Orko. Yeah. The first time being, let me go out on one last adventure, please. And then fighting fighting Scareglow, which was awesome. Voiced yeah, by fucking Tony Todd. Yep. It's like Orko took on the king of hell. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole and and that whole thing of like, thank you for giving me one last chance. I'm like, Orko! You made even me cry when it was over telegraphed. Orko. Yeah, even when it was oh, telegraphed, yeah. it's like, oh, this is this is not going to end well for Orko. And then it turned into, oh, we actually get to see exactly what Orko can do. It's like you're not an idiot sidekick. Yeah. You're you are a master mage that it's like have been downplaying everything that you can do. Yeah, his I mean his entire they're basically. Nth Dimension Imps mm-hmm. for DC fans. Yep. Mix it quick. Mix it quick. And Batmite. Yep. I'm your number one fan. <laughs> um, yeah, it was real. And, it, you know, it did a lot of, like, both part one and two did a lot of, like, old school He-Man deep cuts mm-hmm. that really, unless you've been, like, buying the new toys and stuff, you like, it always mentioned... You know, the original He-Man and He-Ro. But mm-hmm. unless you were a hardcore nerd for that shit, you wouldn't know who that was. And they're like, nope, we're going to pull from it. Yeah, that... Uh, and then the second half... Jeez. Like, I... There were there were some things I did not see coming. Um, I know. I, I don't think that I was expecting... I was expecting things to more things to happen with Lynn, but I don't think I was expecting her to usurp Skeletor. Um, yeah, I kind of thought we were going to get another face turn from her. Mm-hmm. And we sort of did. Sort of. You know, um, I knew that I knew the Tila sorceress was coming, but again, if you know only old school heat man, you know, she's the daughter of the sorceress. She mm-hmm. always has been. Mm-hmm. She was even the sorceress for a little while in one of the original episodes. So that that wasn't a big shock, but it was cool to see it play out. Yep. Um, I still loved that. Like the depiction of Tila throughout this entire thing has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's definitely a character. It's like, yeah, I, I this makes sense as her evolution to yeah. become the sorceress that is not tied to gray school, that gets to break all of the rules. Right. Like, because she's had it with traditions that are mired in. It's like, well, we've always done this. 
you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have. Right. Um, I love the revelation. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> By the way, Adam comes back in case anyone was like, how dare Kevin Smith kill He-Man at the end? You're like, well, first off, it's only He's the not... first half. Also, and I'm like, really? You've been reading He-Man. comic books and watching sci-fi for like, I'm a 40-year-old geek and I've never been so like, really? You're a 40-year-old comic book reading sci-fi movie <laughs> watching geek and you think this death is permanent? I mean, even with Orko, I was like, eh, he ain't gone all the way yet. There's something no. else. Man. Now, spoilers, he does actually die-die at the end. Or he willingly goes back. No, he didn't. He willingly was going to go back. He was stopped. I thought he still goes to the afterlife. He's like, goodbye, friends. And Lynn grabs his hand and says, not this time. Oh, shit, I missed that completely. She, she pulled him back. So the afterlife closed. He was still in the mortal plane. Oh, shit. Because I she completely. 100% recognizes, like, nope, this is the one thing that I can do. I'm getting choked up now thinking oh, about fuck. it. Oh, fuck. I got to. How did I? <laughs> how did I miss that part? Yeah. She she pulled him back. She's like, nope, nice. you're not going. It's like, yeah. I lost you once already. Because, it, it, because that acknowledges that he had a hand in her. Ch- in her change, mm-hmm. in, in her becoming more of what she, it's part of the reason why I'm not calling her Evil Lynn. <laughs> I can't call her Evil Lynn anymore. They just call That's her Lynn from then on, don't they? Yeah, it's not her name. <laughs> right. Well, Lynn's her, her name, right? Her her name is just Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> it's Skeletor that gave her the name Evil Lynn. Right. Because you know it's 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 funny. It fits in with everything else, but. It's not who she is. And it's yeah. certainly not who she became. <laughs> uh, I oh, love man. watching Skeletor actually ha- ask He-Man for help. And I think I appreciated the fact that in the end, he's still the one that went, I'm still going to try and kill you. It's like, have you learned nothing? It's like, no. I even showed you what it feels like to save the universe. It's like, yeah, I still want to fucking kill you. But I hate you I so hate you. much. I hate you more than anything else. Than I, I hate you more than I love anything. It's like, yeah, good. Thank you uh, for at least, <laughs> like, that makes you truly a villain. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really appreciated and didn't think expect it, like, Beastman's emotional moments. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. When he's telling Lynn, he's like, you're the only one who was ever nice to me. Why do you let him treat you this way? Mm-hmm. Like, you're better than him. You know? Which makes his transformation kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. When she's power hungry and she turns him into her little dog. And and he, But he chose it. He's It still became his choice. Yeah. And he's like, I'm... And he knew. He's like, I'm willing to die for this woman. Mm-hmm. And I think today might be the day that I do exactly that. Yeah, yeah. So great. please, please put me in a form where I can go out and take as many of these fuckers with me. Right. Um, I. It was sad to see him go, but I also feel like he was one of the characters who knew who he was. Right. And lived his own. He lived a real truth. It's like no, I'm yeah. I'm Beast Man. I know what I am. Right. The rest of y'all are fucked up in the head, but I know what I am. Yeah. 
um, the uh, the moment between the primal He Man and the King. That, that was guy, really good. Where he just he just hugged him. He's like, "This might get me killed. I don't care. I recognize yeah. my own son." Yeah. Oh, Diedrich Baker as King Rando. So good. Um, everything between the king and the queen, and that that did surprise I me. I, yeah, I like. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was uh, canon. That um, the queen of attorney is from Earth. <laughs> yeah, um, I forgot where that's established, but she is. Yeah. Huh. Um. Trying to think, that actually got used really well in the. I think I mentioned it on the text. If you can find the graphic novel of it, I'm sure it's still in print. Mm-hmm. Of it's 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 part of the DC Injustice timeline, if I remember correct. Well, maybe it's not, oh. but it's DC versus basically Masters of the Universe. Sure, okay. And in that one, that's where that's where they also acknowledge that Eternia is the source of all magic in all the multiverses. Like, if Eternia dies, so does every magic everywhere. You can't lose Eternia. Um, Interesting. Yeah, in that one, uh, the other thing that's really fucked up in it is that um, in that version, Orko is actually, like, a horrible elder god that the great great mages at the beginning of time are like, we have to mentally convince this person that he's a bumbling idiot. And like Hordak's in on that of like, yeah, if we don't, this is the only way we can stop him is to convince him he's not good at magic. Oof. And, and in this event, Orko finds out. Oof. But there's this great fucking moment where, um, cause like most of the members of the Justice League show up one way or another. And there's this moment where, uh, Zatanna shows up on Eternia mm-hmm. and just fucking snaps. She's like, I can't take it. I can't. And if I remember correctly, like she literally looks at Constantine and says, John, you know what to do. And he's like, yeah, sorry, love. And he just tells all, he's like, so guess what? Uh, we got to take out Zatanna like now because she's not going to be able to control her power. Like we have to stop her now. Yeah. She's like, you've got to get me out of here. If you can't get me out of here, you have to kill me. Oh, ouch. It was really good. Hmm. I, and I might be butchering parts of the story, but I remember loving the hell. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Bridge City Comics and see if I can find that. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So yes, He Man's mom is a is a is an Earther. It's an Earther. Yeah. All right. Um, I think the <laughs> Kevin the Smith other... got to write. I'd surely love to fist him. Like yeah, I I couldn't believe. Well, I could believe. And like, yep. I was expecting you to go there, and you did. Thank he you. actually mentioned it on Fat Man Beyond. I listened mm-hmm. to it today. And he's like, look, I didn't think I'd make it either. <laughs> he's like, that got past every single Netflix. Like, they saw the scene. They saw the dailies. They saw the animatics. Never once did they say, we don't know if that's a good idea. He's like, they let it through every single time. He's like, so yes, I was the child who wrote it, but they let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, I mean, I, you do ahead. basically see Lynn writing Skeletor. Like, you don't, it's not graphic, but. Uh, that is that is what I was going to get to next is that the only other thing that surprised me in this is the acknowledgement that 
uh, Lynn and Skeletor had sex, which meant there was sex going on in Eternia. Yeah. And I guess, well, <laughs> if anyone played with their He-Man figures the way I played with figures, there was a sure. lot of sex going on in Eternia. Sure. Sometimes with Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, never G.I. Joes. They weren't the right size. And even at that age, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> well, they felt human. Yeah. I think for me, mainly it was the size thing. Like, if they'd have been the same size as He-Man, I'd have been like, oh, yeah. You know, the Baroness and Man-at-Arms are going to go at it. Oof. I don't know. I mean, he is the most dangerous man in all of Eternia. That is true. And she's the most dangerous woman in Cobra. Mm-hmm. That's a power couple right there. It really is. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I was really pleased with how the back half of that came out and and it's like yep this is great i i'm i'm if they don't do any more ever i'm perfectly happy with what we got yeah i hope they do you know i hope they get another one uh i still haven't watched the other he-man and the masters of the universe update um you i can appreciate it it's not for me it it is designed for kids yeah the current um, children. But also, it has a lot of that magical uh, space girl transformation energy. It, it, it's like, yeah, it's it's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, but now, like, yeah, power grace, like, tech powers appear, different people have powers, but their transformations are very Sailor Moon-esque. Like, it's very much the spinning around, and whoosh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's not for me. Um, hmm. But it is well done. It is fun. It's just, it's not the show for me. Just like Master of the Universe was not the show for 10-year-olds now. It was written, that was written for me. This one's written for Yes, it was. It was written for the 40-year-old and above set. Yeah. To be sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, there it is. I don't have anything else. Yeah, I think it's a good place to end the show. Now I really don't know what we're going to talk about next week because I thought He-Man was next week. Oh, I know what we're talking about next week. We've we're like Hawkeye ends this week, and we can talk about the last two episodes of Hawkeye. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, because, Bean, you're not getting that one. Yeah, because we are we are talking about that scene. Um, maybe Spider Man. I haven't seen it yet, but I will. I'll keep you updated. Yeah, I really want to see it. Uh, in full disclosure, like I didn't feel all that nervous about Delta. Uh, Omicron freaks me out a bit more because it is so fucking contagious. Sure. Like four times more. And I'm like, man, these are going to be – what I might do – I know it's playing at the Laurelhurst at like 3.30. I'm like, you know what? Wednesday at 3.30 at the Laurelhurst, that ain't going to be packed. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, and I can get a pizza and a beer. Uh, I will say this uh, – uh... Merrick has looked into this. Um, the thing that's to to know is if you've had your booster, like she's looking at it like, I've got about two months where I can go run around and do things and then, you know, kind of lock things down again, which is kind of where I think those of us who, who have been boosted are at. Yeah. It, it, we've got about two months where it's at prime efficacy as yeah, far true. as uh, protection. But like that still has to be done with 
limited time with large groups, always mask, um, stay within your, your known social groups as much as you can, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for fuck's sake, wear a mask, get vaccinated. That's, that's the only thing that keeps being proven over and over and over again. That's going to get yeah, that's past true. this. But yes, I, I, I do follow where you're coming from. Um, I don't know. I know that the Omicron was just sitting on the East coast, but it's definitely making its way this direction very fast. I think there was news of a couple Portland cases already. So yay. Given how, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I'm boosted too. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why this one makes me more nervous because it should like we are, it's, it's not done. Like we're not ending 2021 and moving into 2022 is like, everything's going to be fine now. It's we're ending year two of the pandemic and beginning year three of what I hope is finally the middle of this pandemic. (laughs) I don't think it's the end. I'm, I'm hoping I am really hoping it's the middle. <laughs> that I can I can deal with more. If it's still the beginning, fuck. That's when I'm going to start getting very, very... Yeah. Like, I had already kind of prepped myself in year one for five years of this bullshit. Yeah. Norm just said Texas had its first death from Omicron. Yeah, but you live in the freedom state. Oof. I love you, Norm. I love you and Katie. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've got other people in Texas. I, I'm always rooting for you. <laughs> Damn it. That's a stacked deck in that state now. It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, next week, Hawkeye. Um, and uh, maybe Spider-Man. Maybe The Matrix. Oh, yeah. That drops tomorrow. It does. That I can watch from the conference. Although I, that's another one I actually do want to see it in the in the theater because I know it's just going to look gorgeous. Yep, Merrick is one hundred percent like we are. It's like I know this is going on. We are watching this in the theater. It's like yep, this is the Matrix is her Lord of the Rings, her MCU. I can see that. Like she, she is deep into Matrix lore, right? And so she's like. I know it may not be great. I don't care. I'm watching it on the big screen. I am almost tempted. Yeah, well, I don't posted. know how you could. No, I'm saying I'm. When does Denise get back? Not till after two weeks. <laughs> trying to think. I feel like she gets back on the 28th, but that's what she, but like late. Oh yeah, it is. It is. I'm almost tempted to see if we could pull off doing this show on Wednesday next week. If we all somehow could watch episode one of the book of Boba Fett, because that drops midnight the 28th into the 29th. Oh, man. Instead of us being a week late, you know what I mean? Not that we're like going to try to like, we're going to be the first reviewers. I don't mean it that way. I know. Uh, maybe. Let's let's mull that over. We'll workshop that over the week. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Yeah, I... Ugh. That's one of my other things that I'm happy about. It's like, I'm glad that it's the end of Hawkeye because I, I've really enjoyed the show and I want to get to the end. But also, that means Boba Fett starts. Right. Man. Boba Fett. 
What a good time to be alive and never leave your house. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, I'm Aaron Duran. And I'm Cable Hashitani. You took the pause, and I was like, what's wrong with the show? And <laughs> uh, we will talk to everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out. Yep.